0: Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: Another day is here, and you're
0: ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it?
1: 17 weeks, four quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning Winning drive. Drive. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Winning Drive podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita show on 105.7 The Fan. Of course, with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. And we know that the Ravens dropped... Uh, To the Indianapolis Colts and makes them two and one on the season, Cordell, as they are looming games against the Cleveland Browns and the Pittsburgh Steelers. So, of course, there's been some talk about the Ravens because of the loss and there's been uh, NFL pundits guys like Ryan Clark, guys like Shannon Sharp, having conversations about this offense and saying that they don't really see any difference in this team and how it looks the same as with Greg Roman. I would argue that, you know, no, that's not true. But I want to get your thoughts first, Cordell. When you hear these things and when when you watch the games, uh, because obviously you've been there, do you think that they have something going or is it just simply not true and they're not just they're just not watching enough tape?
0: Yeah, I, I think uh, the early part of the season calls for overreactions from everybody, um, fans and analysts alike, especially when you're talking about national people that are talking on TV shows and stuff. I mean, that they, they they're going to take it further than it probably needs to go. Um I don't necessarily agree with the notion that the Ravens offense looks the same. There are definitely a lot of differences. You're not seeing the heavy personnel packages as often as you would see in the Greg Roman system. You're seeing th- this notion that the passing game is looks the same as Greg Roman's. I I think that's the biggest reach that I've heard. Um one bad game or you, if you want to even say that the Texans throw the Texans one in there as well, that's fine too. It's been three games to this point in the season. One of which they played without Mark Andrews two and a half. Oh, well, and basically a half of a game, I guess you could say without Beckham to this point. Bateman isn't still fully all the way there yet. There is, is no dominance. I mean, it, it's, it's been a lot. The no Ronnie Stanley and no Tyler Linderbaum dramatically changes what the Ravens are able to do uh offensively, and I think that would impact any team that has to be without their starting left tackle, who's a former All-Pro, and their center. Those are the two most important positions on the offensive line, in my opinion. So, I, I and I I will agree with this. I expected to see. More creativity with Todd Munkins offense to this point. Again, granted, we're three weeks in. I don't think he has shown his entire catalog to this point. Um, but that's been the one thing that I guess I was hoping to get out of a new out of the new offense that I haven't gotten yet. I haven't gotten the true creativity. It's been different. I won't sit here and say it's the same uh Greg Roman offense. But I, I I am a little uh, disappointed in the fact that I haven't seen the creativity that I think that I was looking for. A
1: couple things here. Um, one, I think that it's easy to say that this looks like the great Roman offense because of Lamar and what he did on the ground. But that is exactly what they needed in the second half in order to get the ball rolling. So that is lazy journalism. Um, as far as I'm concerned, there is definitely differences, um, especially from a scheme standpoint, from the passing perspective, there's definitely differences there. But I think that the reason why people are saying that is because when you look at Lamar's stats, he got two touchdowns on the ground, nothing in, in the air necessarily, but there's a bigger picture here. Right. And remember I I don't know if you remember this. I don't know if anyone listening remembers this, but I am definitely on the record of saying that this offense early on is going to have struggles. They have a new offensive coordinator. They have new wide receivers. They have a whole new system to implement. And by the way, they did not play in preseason to help with that gel quicker. So I said the first half of the season, there would be struggles. Add the fact, Cordell, that they have injuries on the offensive line. You have two guys on the offensive line that are injured. Then you have skilled players that are injured. You lost J.K. Dobbins in the first game. Uh, Odell did not play in the last game against the Colts. It's going to make things harder it's going to make things more difficult for people to gel because the players that you had listed coming into the season are not out there playing the game so I don't know what people think is going to happen when you got Pat McCarry, and I'm a fan and you know I'm a fan he did struggle mightily though uh, in Sunday's game you got Pat McCarry at left tackle when Ronnie Stanley's supposed to be there and then you got Sam Mustafer at center When Tyler Lindenbaum is supposed to be there, I'm confused as to why people just think that this this train was supposed to keep going. And at first it was, it did early on until the Colts remembered, at least on the defensive side, we better than these two dudes that they got, you know, in replace of the guys that they supposed to have. And once they realized that and started playing up to their potential, that's when things got tricky. So I don't know what people are supposed to expect from a team that really didn't have much continuity coming into the season, number one. Number two, losing major players and not having those guys available, number two, that is to be expected. The one thing though that you and I can definitely both agree with is that this is not Greg Roman's offense. Sometimes you got to go back to what you know works best. And in the case of the Ravens, who needed to really start getting the ball rolling because they never really had an opportunity to do that after the King and Drake fumble was to use Lamar's legs. I'm always going to be on the side of using Lamar's legs if it's going to help this football team. It does not mean that this is a Greg Roman offense. It means that you utilize your best player when you need to make a play. And that's what happened in this game. So all of this talk is so ridiculous to me because I definitely feel like it's very lazy. Again, last week when they played well against the Bengals, nobody was saying these things. Now, all of a sudden, because Lamar has over 100 yards rushing, similar to what we've seen in years past, oh, this is the same old offense. It's very lazy.
0: Well, and it's also a product of them fooling themselves because everybody this offseason convinced themselves that Lamar was going to run less and throw the ball more. And I said it all offseason. We'll see what happens when you get to the games and his initial read or second read isn't there or the pocket's breaking down, or it's a day where the passing game isn't working. Their best weapon is still Lamar's legs. So for anybody to be under this assumption that because Greg Roman isn't the offensive coordinator anymore, that that means Lamar's legs are no longer going to be a yep. factor for the Ravens' offense, that's a shame on you um, for even expecting that. The, that's a and that's the positive that that you get for having Lamar Jackson on your team because every offense goes through days where the passing game isn't working, but not every offense has the ability to allow their quarterback to still be effective in the offense because he has the legs to be able to get the ball rolling. Lamar's legs was the offense on Sunday. I mean, he had over a hundred yards on the ground. The only two offensive touchdowns on the day came through his legs. That's just the way it was on that day. And really, I would argue he should have used his legs more, yep. especially in the two minute under the two minute situations. Yep. That's when his legs are even more dangerous. Yep. So I, I think people just need to understand what exactly who the, who exactly the Ravens are, and it's still going to be led do or die by Lamar Jackson's legs. I mean that that's and I'm not even going to say Lamar Jackson's legs because. Even in Cincinnati, he showed you he could beat you with his arm. It's just going to be led through Lamar Jackson. What version of Lamar Jackson you're going to get that day? We don't know until the game comes. But uh, I'm not going to say that. I, I definitely disagree that this offense looks like the Greg Roman offense. And I've seen people take pictures and or snapshots of receivers in the same area and try to say that this is the same thing that was going on in the Greg Roman offense. I mean, it's a, I, I think that's also lazy because at any point you could look at any offense and you will see at some point that they will have receivers in the same area. Yep. It's the fact that in Roman's offense, it was happening a lot. And mm-hmm. that was due to a people being able to freelance and yep. run, they're running their routes into organized routes. And and B just the, the, the route concepts just were not good. I'm not to the point to where I want to say that three games in to Todd Munkin's offense. But again, this is just what happens with the national uh reporters and people that are on these national shows. It's it's overreaction season. I mean, it's three, yep. it's three games in. Yeah, last week it was oh, this is what we were expecting to see out of. Lamar Jackson and this new offense. And now this week they struggle and it's, Oh, this is all we get. It's, it's going to change every week, you know, so don't look for any consistency because that's, that's just not what they're, that's not what they're required to give. And that's not what they're going to give.
1: As, as consistent as this offense has been, which is a, it has not been, it's going to be as consistent as you're going to get from national media, which is why you definitely need to listen to the Winning Drive podcast yes. more because we can tell you more about the Ravens than anybody else around here. But again, I said this. I said that they were going to have ebbs and flows early on. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know why we just automatically assumed that everything was going to be dandies and roses and 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 perfect early in the season it's going to take some time to build some continuity and i think that that's something that's not being given grace very very early on uh in the nfl season so um if i were you i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't give it too much grain you know a a thought take it with a grain of salt uh but ultimately as of right now Cordell and I do not see any simil- any true similarities, like real similarities from what Todd Monkin is doing compared to what Greg Roman is doing. Let's flip it on the defensive side, Cordell. So as we know, uh, there has been some defense struggles when it comes to the pass rush. Um, they lose another guy in David Ajabo. In Sunday's game, um, so you don't have Ajabo, you don't have Oway. Tyus Bowser has missed some time, which allowed Jadavian Clowney to really step up, and he did a very good job. But ultimately, Jadavian Clowney can't do everything on its on his own. And when the Ravens started sticking to like the four man rush, you know, not utilizing Kyle Hamilton, you know, and 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 pass rush situations and blitz situations, um, they struggled. And, you know, I think the biggest fear coming into this game, knowing that you had Gardner Minshew was that Gardner Minshew is a type of player that if you do give him time, he can make plays. And I think that, you know, people saw that in Sunday's game. So as you start going down the stretch, not knowing the certainty of what um, these players are dealing with in terms of injuries, and and, and I'm, sp- I'm speaking of the linebackers specifically, um, what are your concerns moving forward about this pack this pass rush or lack thereof?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not overly concerned about the pass rush to be honest really? with you. Uh just because I know the I know that people have complained about the fact that they're mainly only getting pressure with four. Um, but that's I mean, I'm sorry, that they're not able to really get a lot of pressure with four. But I, I would also caution people that that's been, uh, w- without Adafi Owe out there, that has changed things. And Owe, to this point, has actually had himself a, a really nice start to the season. And no, it hasn't necessarily pre- turned into sacks for him, but he is getting pressure there. Adafi Owe, according to PFF right now, leaves the Ravens in pressures with eight. He didn't even play in the third game. And right. he barely played in the first game. What did he play? Right. 14 plays? Oh, I'm sorry, in the second game. He only played, I think, 14 plays or, yes. or something like that in that game. So, I mean, that's that's not that bad, to be honest with you. and Clowney, he's got seven pressures uh, on the season to this point. Matabike, he's got five. Now, I will say I've, I would have liked to see Justin Matabike get off to a stronger start than he has to this point. He does have the one sack that he got against the Texans, but he's gotten more penalties than he's got impact plays to this point. Um, I I just expected more from him being in a contract year. But you look at it, the Ravens are still, uh, I believe, top top 10 in sacks as a team right now. Kyle Hamilton's three helps that. But you look around, it's not going to be, it's not a lot of sacks coming from, the guys on the front line. Justin Matabike has the one. Nobody else outside unless you want to throw Jadavian Clowney as part of that group. He's got a sack and a half. All the other sacks have come from linebackers. I'm sorry, David Ajabo has the one sack as well. But everything else has come from the linebackers and the safeties. Kyle Hamilton with three. Ardarius Washington has one um, as well. Again, that doesn't necessarily concern me because the Ravens do do a good job of if nothing else, clouding the field and making and keeping everything in front of them. They have not really given up many big plays in the passing game. You look at the Bengals game they kept a lot of they kept everything in front of them. We saw Jamar Chase go crazy against the Rams uh on Monday Night Football wasn't able to do that against the Ravens the week before. And and I thought the Ravens did really well. And that's despite missing key guys on their defense. Um, so I I get the concern with people, with them not being able to necessarily get there with four consistency consistently right now. I'm not concerned strictly, A, because I think when Owe gets back, whenever that is, um, that'll be able to kind of help that. It's still early. I still think Matabike is going to turn it around Uh at some point, but I like their blitzers. I like I like Patrick Queen as a blitzer. I like Kyle Hamilton when he blitzes. I like Roquan Smith when he blitzes. I think that they can get there when they blitz, and they do a good job of not overexposing themselves when they blitz. Now, if this was a wink defense and they're not getting there with four, I would be scared because now he's going to start flooding blitzers out there and overexposing and leaving gaps in your defense i've seen i haven't necessarily seen that from mike mcdonald i make the argument that in overtime against the colts you started to see it because i think the ravens got a little too comfortable sending that same kyle hamilton blitz in overtime and they started picking it up and going away from it but other than that i haven't really seen them get exposed when they blitz so until that happens I'm, I'm okay with sacks coming from people outside of the front four uh, because A, sacks are sacks and B, it's not like they're being truly carved up uh, on the back end when they are sending extra guys.
1: I am definitely concerned and it is mainly because of the health Uh, of the linebacking core because yes, they are playing well. The other guys that are being implemented into the pass rush, the linebackers that you mentioned, and Kyle Hamilton and safeties that you mentioned, so they are playing well. But how sustainable is that? That is my biggest um concern. And you you mentioned something you said, you know, I'm fine with you know when away gets back, whenever that is. Well, that's my that's my concern. The concern is, well, it is that you know what I mean, dealing with ankle injuries. It's just something you just don't know. And I don't know how long these guys are going to be out, which puts added pressure to other guys that typically, you know, yes, they're able to, to rush the passer or they're able to get um, a blitz off, but they also have other responsibilities. You know what I'm saying? And so uh, that means somewhere is being neglected as a result. And so that's my concern. My concern is is that because these other guys have to pick up the slack, what does that mean? You know, if you, if you get a quarterback that can get the ball out quickly, you know, and, and is good against the blitz, well, you might be toast. And so that is something that I definitely think um, moving forward, because we don't know the certainty of when these guys will be back is a concern. Now, I think the, the Ravens also think that there's a concern because uh, Kyle Van Noy is visiting the Ravens after um, losing a job last week. And again, I think, that Jadavian Clowney has been fantastic since he's been here. However, Jadavian just can't simply do it by himself. And while it was fine in terms of what the Ravens were doing against the Colts, you know, we still have to acknowledge that the Colts had Gardner Minshew as quarterback, the backup quarterback. Well, now you're going to start getting into divisional play where you have Deshaun Watson, although he hasn't played at his best, but it you know, it's they they still have a very good team. Um, offensively, you know, to defend. There's a lot of guys that you got to defend. Then you got to go to the Steelers who you can argue that, yeah, they haven't been that great. Matt Canada has been asked to be fired, but then played really well against the Raiders on Sunday night. So I definitely am concerned about the longevity of the linebackers and the defensive backs making up and picking up the slack of the guys that aren't there. I just don't know if that's sustainable. So if I'm the Ravens, Kyle Noy ain't leaving, okay? Hey, I'm. you're going to have to get a ransom to get out of here. You are going to be a Raven, and you are playing this Sunday, okay? And to me, him coming in is a concern because somebody is hurt more than we know. I don't know who that is, but bringing him in tells me that they don't anticipate any of the guys being available. Well, we know that at the very least, um, Tyus could not be available because he's on the pup list but Owe and Ajabo at minimum are not playing on Sunday in my opinion which is how Kyle Van Noy is, is at the castle um to, to be looked at
0: I, w- I would say yes the Van Noy bringing Van Noyan Noy is them showing concern but I don't know if it's them necessarily showing concern strictly on them not being able to get to the quarterback I, I think that's just more so them being concerned that they're running out of bodies.
1: There's a depth like, issue, of course. Yes. Yeah, like
0: they, they they Tavius Robinson and Jeremiah Moon just had to play way more than they wanted to on Sunday. Yeah, they literally suited up every healthy body they had on the roster on Sunday. So they need roster. I mean, they need to sign Van Noy, and they're probably going to need to sign another running back as well because they only have two right now. So I I, I definitely agree that they need, and I figured they would bring Van Noy. Uh, back in, they met with him uh, before the season started. And you would imagine that now maybe his price has come down considering nobody else has, he hasn't signed anywhere else. And we're going into week four at this point. Um, But I, I, I still, I still don't know if that necessarily means that the, that the way they're getting to the quarterback right now can't work because i'll give you yeah if it you know they go against the colts and it and it works for a while but even to have it work again to, to go against cincinnati and their style of play work in that one i don't think it'll be a every game to where guys on the front line can't get to the quarterback it's just not going to be consistent because ju- uh, Justin a isn't consistently going to put pressure on the quarterback travis jones isn't consistently going to do it but I, I do think at times they can and yeah, right now you don't feel comfortable with Jeremiah Moon and Tavius Robinson going out there and being your edge rushers. That's that no, no team I, I don't think will feel comfortable with that. I don't know how comfortable they'll even feel with Van Noy out there. How much does he realistically have left right now? Um, but yeah, I, I am concerned about uh, I mean, Owe at least, uh, uh, at least concerned about him in terms of the edge rushers because he's been in a boot. For a little bit now, I mean, we'll see if he's still. If I see him this week, if he's still in a boot, um, because that that would definitely be concerning. A Jabo, uh, we don't really know what what to make uh, of that situation right now. Uh, John was pretty tight-lipped about injuries on Monday, so we'll see as the week goes. But yeah, I, I, I guess my confidence comes from Mike McDonald. I trust Mike McDonald, um, and to this point, he has found a way to just make it work. Granted, yeah. I'm a little, I'm more cons- to be honest, I'm more concerned about the run game than I am necessarily about them getting to the quarterback. And I think people have tried to, I hear people saying that they really only gave up four big runs on Sunday Sure. But they I mean, the fact that they were comfortable enough to run the ball over 30 times and be able to stay on schedule, even the four to five yard pickups, the three to four yard pickups, that right there is just them. Hit, those are chinks in the armor. And they felt like eventually the, the dam would break. And it did. Um, So I, that's a that's a legit concern to me. But I just like Mike McDonald's scheme. And I I think his scheme will still allow them to be able to get to the quarterback, even though they don't have four horses on the front line that individually we can sit there and say they are elite pass rushers. They don't have that. But as a team and as a scheme, I like how they can get to the quarterback.
1: I mean, I agree with you. I just hope that they can be able to sustain it while their guys are out. That is my biggest concern. But we will find out I believe, starting uh, this Sunday uh, against the Cleveland Browns. So let's do a good thing, bad thing, Cordell. Let's pick one good thing we like so far. And then let's pick one bad thing that we like thus far. And I'll start because I think that for me, it's going to be the same thing. (laughs) The thing that you like is the thing that you don't like right um for me I'm going to go with uh the offensive line because I felt like uh Makari and Mustafa played really well um against the Bengals and it was and so it was the depth the depth is what I loved about the offensive line depth I thought has been really good um in that regard but then the bad thing is is that once you start playing I guess I'm not saying that the Bengals don't have guys because they do. They do have guys on the line. So this is not me saying that. But once you saw what happened against the Colts game and then you realize that they have to play Miles Garrett and Darius Smith one week and then TJ Watt and other guys the following week, it could potentially be a bad thing. For the Ravens. So the one thing that started off to be good, which was the depth of this offensive line could potentially be a hindrance for them moving forward in terms of what they want to do in the passing game. Um, And it's something that I think that we're obviously going to just be monitoring because we really don't know when Ronnie Stanley Or when Tyler Lindenbaum is coming back, we have no idea what the timetable for that is. And so you have to assume that moving forward until further notice, those two guys and Macari and Mustafa are going to be the guys that are going to be on this line. So, uh, you know, it, 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 it started off as, wow, these guys are like outplaying the guys on the other side. And even in the beginning of the Colts game, it looked that way. And then somewhere, somehow it just turned to a different story and uh, Macari just I mean he was just getting abused back there um by uh the the linebackers and the in the uh defensive linemen. So that is something that's concerning me. And that's why I picked, you know, I said, let me go first, because it literally is <laughs> the same thing for me. The good and the bad. Might be a little bit of ugly sprinkled in there right. when you start looking at the tape for that game on Sunday. But the, I think the ugly is more so forthcoming if those two, if the two starters don't come back necessarily than what we saw Uh, against the Colts on Sunday. So that is my one good thing and my one bad thing. I do think that they have moments where they play very well, but my concern is, is that moving forward, they're about to play much stouter defenses and we already seen a little bit of struggle and how are they going to hold up moving forward?
0: Yeah. uh, I guess for me, my good thing so far has been Zay. Zay has been, I think as advertised, um, he's been an instant impact to the offense as inconsistent as the office has been, he has consistently been there for them. Um, and we're used to seeing Lamar go to Mark Andrews as his safety net. It's quickly becoming Zay as yeah. his new safety net right now, because he's able to win so quick off the line of scrimmage. He's so shifty. You you get him in those tight spaces. That's where he's at his best. And, I I've, I mean we saw him hit down the field in the Bengals game. I think that's going to start happening a little more frequently as well. Um, but I I just think Zay puts a lot of pressure on the defense, and he is he's really becoming the guy that you have to watch out for in this offense. And I'm curious to see what it looks like for him going forward once defenses really start game planning for him. Uh, and, hey, maybe that's what the Ravens are looking for because then it'll open it up for Mark Andrews to start, you know, going back to the way he used to look or maybe Odell Beckham by then will be back or Bateman will fully be a, a part of this offense. But I, I think Zay to this point has been really impressive. He, he hasn't had too many rookie moments. I mean, he still is not – He he may not always know exactly what's going on in the play sometimes. But his ability allows him to wing it a couple of times, probably too many <laughs> times for Tomlinson's yeah, yeah. liking. Um, but I, I do like what Zay has given him to this point. Um, if I had to go bad, I'm I'm kind of going to stick with what I've been saying. I I am concerned about the run game, I, uh, the defensive uh, run game. I, I I worry about that going forward. Um, Michael Pierce has played a lot of snaps in the middle, probably yeah. too many.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: And he just, he, he, I like Michael Pierce. He's a skilled big guy. He's a strong guy. Um, He eats up space, but he, he doesn't have a lot of range. If that makes sense. And, um, I like Travis Jones probably a little more because he seems to be more of a space eater. He and he's seems also be- a little
1: bit more athletic too. Right,
0: I right. And, and, and I mean, he's done a great job with some of those reach tackles yeah. uh, that he's made, even despite being double teamed at times. Um, but I, I don't know. I just think Matt. I, I think Pierce is playing a little too much. And I think Matt Abike is not making a big enough impact in the middle. And I think it's going to start putting a lot of pressure on those linebackers and Roquan and Patrick Queen because if if that front line isn't at least putting up some sort of fight, then you're going to allow these linemen to start getting to the second level, and, and you're going to get to the point to where running back's first contact isn't until four or five yards up the field. And that happened a couple of times in the Colts game. With Zach Moss, it was a couple of times I'm seeing him not get his first contact until he gets to the second level. Um, so I, and I've been saying for weeks, it's not like the Colts game is the one game that's making me say this. I've been saying this really all uh for since the start of the season, even before the season when I was saying that Calais, the loss of Calais was a big concern to me. Mm-hmm. I, I think this run game may be in trouble. The question is, are teams truly going to? Uh, expose it, I, right? I because they're
1: probably so concerned about the defensive back right. situation.
0: Exactly. I mean, I, and I, you look at the Bengals game. The Bengals were one dimensional. I thought the Bengals really helped them out uh, by not, and even even in the Monday night game against the Rams, I thought Mixon had his moments. But they're still reluctant to run the ball, even with Joe Burrow on a bum calf right now. Yeah. It, it's kind of crazy to me. Um, but you're about to go up against the Browns. You're about to go up against the Steelers. Both of those teams run. are going to run the ball. They're both going to run the ball, and they're going to stay committed to the run game, which is what the Colts did. The, when you run for over 30 times, that's a true commitment to the run game. That's what you're going to see from the from the Browns. Granted, the, it wasn't that type of day for the Browns this past week. I'm curious to see if the Ravens can force them to be one-dimensional this week. Um, With Nick Chubb gone, this was the first game without Nick Chubb, and the run game wasn't as good as it was in the past. Yeah, but, you
1: know, look, Kareem Hunt has been in that <laughs> offense. He knows what it's like. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. Field, yeah, yeah. I mean, I,
0: I think that they're still going to run. the. It's their yeah. identity. I You know, that, that's who they are. And you, with the Steelers, they've got two backs that they feel comfortable going out there and, and running the ball with. So I, I think they're really going to get tested this week. And if, if they can't, if this is truly a weak spot of that defense, That's going to make it even worse because now you're going to open it up for play action to really start biting you because now that, you know, once they establish the run, that play action is going to bring everybody up. That allows them to already take advantage of the run production they've gotten, but also now take advantage of your banged up secondary down the field, which they have. Been able to keep the lid on that defense to this point in the season, but once you start allowing teams to get comfortable in that play action, that's when those big plays start opening up. So, I, I just hope that the that their uh, uh their inability to to really stop the run doesn't end up hurting their pass defense on the back end.
1: I completely agree with you. And that's definitely a concern. Calais, if you ever hear these things, we miss you up here. (laughs) (laughs) You can always come home if you're ready. You know, if the Falcons ain't doing what you want them to do, call. EDP and say <laughs> I want to come home because we would love to have you with open arms uh, our next episode we will be getting ready for Ravens Browns they will be heading to Cleveland to play the Cleveland Browns we already talked about no Nick Chubb but Kareem Hunt is back so we'll break that down uh, see what they fare and then we'll do our picks to see how we think they will do against the Browns on Sunday we want to thank you all for listening so from Cordell to me this is Winning Drive